But uh, if you're joining us for the very first time tonight, uh, we are doing a series. In fact, this is the last series, uh, last sermon, sorry, of the series, Good, Great and Faithful. And I've been really enjoying it because, uh, I mean, you know, on one hand, it's, it's not like I'm trying to describe God because that would be an impossible thing to do. And to describe how good he is, how great he is, and how faithful he is, it's just impossible. I mean, it's unfathomable. It's, you can't even do it. The Bible even says you can't do it. <laughs> His greatness, no one can fathom in the Psalms. But it's been really enjoyable for me, and I've really loved the, the study on um, just be reminded of his goodness and his greatness and his faithfulness. And, and just tonight, we're looking at his faithfulness, but really... It, it, it all ties in with what we've already been learning already about his goodness and his greatness. You know, like he's great, like he's sovereign and he can do anything and nothing is impossible for him. And he's so great and like he's holy and he's just supreme, right? But he's also good. It's not like he's just this transcendent being that's just too holy for anyone to reach. In fact, he kind of is, but he's also good. And so He's revealed himself to ordinary people, you know, like in the Bible, we see like Abraham and Moses and David and just ratbags that God has revealed his goodness to, you know, and ultimately he's revealed his goodness and his greatness in the person of Jesus, which has been really, I guess, the main point for me out of this whole series is that his goodness and his greatness and his faithfulness are ultimately revealed perfectly in the Son of God. Jesus Christ. So tonight we're looking at the subject of God's faithfulness. God is, God is faithful. God is faithful. And I've got this to help me out. Josh, can you please put the um, PowerPoint on? Oh, no, it's all right. It's, it's on. It's good, I think. No? Can you please put the PowerPoint on? Thank you. Tonight we're looking at, obviously, God is faithful. There we go. God is faithful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. I've got it from here, mate. Awesome. Hats off to my family for doing the sound gear stuff for the last, what, 280 days or something? Give or take a few Sundays. When you talk about faithful in our society, like sometimes things come to mind. You know, you could think of, you know, a dog was a faithful dog or uh, um you know, being faithful in marriage, you know, this, you know, being faithful in marriage to your marriage partner. Um, or you might even think of like um, some Americans among us. You might even think of that, that uh, water spout, the geyser. Is that what it's, how you pronounce it? The geyser? Geyser. In uh, Yellowstone National Park, I think Old it is. Faithful. Called Old Faithful, yeah. Because apparently that continued to spout water faithfully at a certain time on a regular basis. But apparently that's not happening anymore. It's not as faithful as they first thought it was. But sometimes we can think of the word faithful like that, something that um, is on time, regular, as if like, oh yeah, God did it like that last time, so he's going to do it exactly the same this time at the same time. You know, like as if God has a schedule that we can figure out. Or like that he's faithful like a, a marriage spouse, as if like, you know, he's got the possibility to not be faithful, which is just really falling short of the idea of faithful, being a faithful God. Um, I looked up the word, obviously, in the Bible, and there's lots of different words for faithful. 
but when it comes to God, there's one. All right? and, it's, and it's got this idea of steadiness, firmness, stability, steadfastness, and honest. The root word for faithful includes the idea of confirmation or proof. Like God always proves to be reliable when it comes to his relationship with us. When it comes to his greatness and his goodness, he always proves himself to be reliable. He confirms it, right? Because he can't lie. He's always true. He's always just. He's always reliable. He is a faithful God. In fact, the Bible calls him the faithful God. So have a look here in Deuteronomy chapter 7. In fact, what I might do is if you've got your Bibles, open them up because really just looking at this one verse where it says God is um, the faithful God, it, it, we miss the point, all right? So I want you to get your Bibles and uh, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Deuteronomy 7, and we go from verse 6. And uh, God is talking to his people, okay? He's talking to his people. And he's given them certain regulations and rules to live by, not so that they can be his puppets or his robots, but that, so that they can be blessed, right? God has designed things in such a way that there would be blessing for the people, all right? He's not some kind of strict taskmaster just for the sake of being a dictator. He actually has a plan for his creation, people, and if we stick to that plan, there'll be blessing. If we, if we deviate from that plan, he can't bless it, right? So here in verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 7, we, he writes, we read, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. In other words, dedicated. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, he is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. He is the faithful God. The Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. And that word, that name for God in Hebrew, look, I'll try my best, but it's Ha'el Hane Aman. It almost sounds Mongolian. Ha'el Chane Aman, the faithful God. And, you know, the root word behind this name is Aman. Aman. And at the heart of the meaning of Aman is the idea of certainty. It's like, it's like absolute certainty. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. He is the he is the, he, he, everything he speaks is certain. Aman means certainty. 
And here's the scripture. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. The prophets declared the same and speak of God's covenant reliability. When God makes a promise, he will keep it. He keeps it. That's what he does because he is the faithful God. The certainty of him keeping his promise. He is reliable. Isaiah referred to him as uh, in, verse, in Isaiah 49, verse 7. I think I've got it up here. The Lord who is, the faith, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. And Hosea called God the Holy One who is faithful. In Hosea chapter 11, Hosea's description of God comes in stark contrast to the actual people of Israel and Judah who surrounded God with lies and deceit. If you've, got, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn there to Hosea chapter 11. It's, um, well, actually, I'll just read it to you. It's too hard to find. Hosea chapter 11. I just want to read to you, I guess, I, no, I've got the message version. That'll do. Verses 1 down to 9. Okay, so just listen to these words. This is God speaking, right, about Israel, about Israel. Ephraim and Israel are synonymous terms, speaking about Israel. Okay, so you'll hear that as, we, as I read through. God says through the prophet Hosea, When Israel was only a child, I loved him. I called out, my son, called him out of Egypt. Right? So that's Moses and deliverance, right? Okay. But when others called him, he ran off and left me. He worshipped the popular sex gods. He played at religion with toy gods. Still, I stuck with him. I led Ephraim. I rescued him from human bondage. But he never acknowledged my help, never admitted that I was the one pulling his wagon, that I lifted him like a baby to my cheek, that I bent down to feed him. Now he wants to go back to Egypt or go over to Assyria, anything but return to me. That's why his cities are unsafe. The murder rate skyrockets and every plan to improve things falls to pieces. My people are hell-bent on leaving me. This is God speaking about his people. They pray to God Baal for help. He doesn't lift a finger to help them. But how can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I turn you loose, Israel? How can I leave you to be ruined like Admar? Devastated like luckless Zeboam. I can't bear to even think such thoughts. My insides churn in protest. And so I'm not going to act on my anger. I'm not going to destroy Ephraim. And why? Because I am God and not a human. I'm the Holy One. And I'm here in your very midst. You know, isn't that great? He's a, he's a faithful God. He is the faithful God. Like when his people, the Israelites, even turned their backs on him, he remained faithful to his word, to his promise over them. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never goes back on his word. 
God is faithful always. God is faithful. He is reliable. <laughs> we are able to rely on him. He is stable. We are unstable. Some of us more unstable than others. Amen. You know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, but remember when we had the earthquake recently, how the ground just shook and stuff was just unstable? That's a bit like us. But God, he is stable. In fact, one day, the Bible talks about how everything, heaven and earth, will disappear, right? But his word will remain. Isn't that awesome? You know, Jesus said that his word will remain. Not one stroke of a pen will, will be removed from what God has spoken. God is faithful. He is faithful to his covenant, to his promise. And whatever promise that is, he is faithful to that. In two, let's go to the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, we read, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. It's God who does it. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Just because he's faithful. Jesus is God's promises in person. All of God's promises, no matter what they are, they are yes in Christ. Jesus is the faithful one. He is the faithful God who certainly keeps his word. He has revealed to us, to the world, God's faithfulness. Throughout, you just have to read through the genealogies of Matthew and Luke to see how faithful God was to bring about the deliverer and how he always kept his word, that he was going to bring one who was going to deliver, a Messiah who was going to save. And Jesus came at just the right time in just the right way. And he was faithful. He was faithful in the Garden of Gethsemane. He could have turned and bolted, but he said to God in prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Why? Because Jesus understood that what God promised is always going to come to pass. The book of Revelation calls Jesus the faithful and true witness. Faithful and true and also the Revelation calls him the faithful witness. The book of Revelation also calls Jesus the Amen. The Amen. Jesus is the Amen. This brings us back to where we started because the Greek word Amen is adapted from the Hebrew word Amen. Amen. Amen, which we looked at at the beginning. Remember Amen, the the root word for the idea of certainty, God's promise, God's yes, God's certain promise. Interestingly, in Romans chapter 3, verse 14, 
we read the angel of the church in Laodicea, uh, to the angel of this church in Laodicea, write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. He is the Amen, and he is the faithful and true witness. This is actually really, really interesting because what, what Jesus is saying here to John on the island of Patmos in this vision in Revelation is he's actually saying he's the same God that spoke to Moses and said, I'm, I'm the faithful God. I'm the Lord, the faithful God. And this is Jesus. This is Jesus, the conqueror. He has conquered sin and death. And now he is, he is the amen, the faithful and true witness. You know, we often think of the word amen as something that comes at the end. Like in a prayer, right? We always sort of use the word amen at the end of a prayer. But actually, this is probably a bit incorrect. Jesus, time and time again, would use this word amen before he was going to say something worthwhile. Like sometimes we have it in our Bibles, like in the old King James or whatever. I think it's like, verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, I tell you in the NIV. You know, when Jesus is about to say something really important, he says this word, amen, in, in the, and it's translated in Greek, but it's actually not a Greek word. It's a Hebrew word, and it's, and it's translated from aman, and it's, and it's, the, it's that certainty of God. So what Jesus is basically saying is, I'm going to say something to you right now that is going to last forever. I am the faithful and true witness. I'm going to speak something that is true and going to last forever. And Jesus, we're told, is the yes of God. All the promises of God are yes in Christ. So God has basically given the world his yes. And all that is needed is an amen from us. That's what Corinthians is talking about. All of God's promises are yes in Christ. So he's done what he's needed to do. He's said what he needed to, to say. He's, he's backed up his promise all the way. Everything that he has said is on the table. And the world has now got the opportunity to say amen to that to say yes to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? There's nothing we need to do except believe that Jesus is the promise of God. Jesus is the only way to God. That Jesus is God. It's just so beautiful that he's done that. But sadly, there's so many different people out there that are trying different ways, that are trying to amen at different things that aren't faithful that will always let them down and they'll strive and strive and strive, but never be enough. But God knew that about us and that's why he already took the step to send Jesus. I just love that about him because he's so faithful. And because he's so faithful, he protects us. He protects us. I've got a few scriptures. Psalm 91, one of my favorites. Psalm 91 verse four says, his faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. 
Now, a rampart is basically, you know those movies where there's like this big castle and the walls around the castle and people can walk on those walls. You know those ones where they can walk? It's like a, a, a pathway around on top of the wall. That's a rampart, right? So nothing's going to get through that because it's so thick and solid. And that's God's faithfulness. It will be your shield and rampart. It'll protect you and nothing will get through because he's so faithful. Nothing will get through his faithfulness. You can trust him. Now, it's interesting because sometimes we think of, uh, we, can't, we try and think of things to describe his faithfulness. And, and this psalmist in Psalm 91 is, is doing that as a shield and a rampart. But really, all he's doing is taking created things to try and describe the creator. You know, like sometimes we can say God is like faithful as a rock, like he's solid as a rock. Well, all we're doing is actually taking something that God has created that is fairly steady and solid and using that to describe him, which it it falls short, doesn't it? It falls short. It's like saying, uh, you know, we have we drive a Toyota Prado and uh, it's got rubber wheels. So uh, the um, Japanese engineers that, uh, that created the Prado they must be um, made of rubber. They must be like rubber. Uh, you know, it's just it's silly. But there's no other way we can describe his faithfulness. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. It will protect you. Trust his faithfulness. Uh, also, it says in 2 Thessalonians that God's faithfulness will protect us from the evil one, from Satan. All right? So there's no reason for us to be afraid of Satan because God's faithfulness will protect us. It says in verse in, in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. He's going to protect you. He will give you strength, and he'll protect you. But he'll also not just protect you from the evil one, But he'll also protect you from, not temptation, but he'll protect you from submitting to temptation. See, temptation will come, but God will always provide a way out. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You can stand up under it. He is faithful. He will always provide a way out. Isn't that awesome? Because he's faithful. And also he's faithful to protect us from sin from the consequences of sin. In the Christian life, sin, continual sin still happens. But if we confess our sins, as 1 John 1.9 says, He, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful to protect from Satan. He is faithful to provide a way out. He is faithful to pardon our sins. He's faithful. God is is faithful. But that doesn't mean 
tough times won't come. God's faithfulness is not limited by bad times in my life or your life. And the bad times don't nullify the fact that he is good and great and faithful. Bad times just happen. God is good. God is great. God is faithful. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 and 23. We looked at that earlier on in the service. And it goes like this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What a beautiful promise. They are new every morning. His compassions are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And he he goes on to write, I say to myself in verse 24, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. There's hope in this guy's heart. But we don't truly understand this truth until we fully understand the context of these verses. You see, the Lord's great love is great. The Lord's love is great. And we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. His compassion never fails. His compassion is new every single day. And his, and his faithfulness is great. But have a listen to these words from Lamentations chapter 3 from verse 1. The writer writes, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. He's talking about God. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target of his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. 
Have you ever been like that before? You know, and there's no need to be feeling bad about that as a Christian. Sometimes in, in your life as a believer, it feels like that. It feels like God's walked away. It feels like God's shut the door. It feels like he's not listening to your prayer. It feels like he's turned his back. It feels like he's attacking you. Have you has anyone ever been in those sorts of situations before? It feels like he has wandered away from us. It feels like he has abandoned us. It feels like he's just neglected us. It feels like he's cursed us. I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes I come across people who believe that about God. And this person who wrote Lamentations has gone through the same thing. It's not something new. It's something I think that should be talked about more in Christian circles. Because what this writer then says, after saying, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me, he says these words, Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, right? It doesn't mean that the bad stuff doesn't come. It just means I'm not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Yet this I call to mind. God is faithful. He is faithful all the time. And all the time, God is faithful. He is good. He is great. He is faithful. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He is abounding, overflowing in love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant. And yet we can't keep it. None of us. And that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus is God's yes. Jesus is the proof that God is faithful. If anyone needs proof tonight, if you're in a situation when it feels like God's turned his back, it feels like he's not coming through, it feels like he's shut the door, it feels like he's cursing you, then just take a look at the cross and be reminded that Jesus is the proof that God is faithful. Jesus is the amen. He is the faithful one. But God is waiting for our amen. He is waiting for the amen from the world, from us. From every person in Pakenham, from every person in Victoria, from every person in Australia and the world. God has already proved, he has already confirmed his yes. Now it's up to us to echo the amen. God is good, God is great, and God is faithful. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We trust you tonight. Help us to trust you tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. Help us to see, even when it doesn't feel like it or look like it, that you are good, you are great, and you are faithful. And we thank you so much, Lord, that you revealed that in the person of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.